I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So we thank God for the gift of another day. We are indeed about to cross over into 2024. As mentioned earlier, there have been some good days and some bad days. But you know what? God is still amazingly good. Amen. He's still worthy of every hallelujah, every praise, every thank you, Jesus. Don't be mistaken, trick, or fool. Someone wished they could be exactly where you are. But for different reasons, they can't be. So why don't you just praise God on their behalf? Thank God in their place. Let's pray. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus, we really do bless your name. We thank you for the unspeakable gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we're clothed in our right mind. Thank you so much for a reasonable portion of health and strength. Oh God, we thank you for how you have watched over us. In many cases, our family circle has not been broken, and it's all because of you. And if it was broken, you came alongside of us, and you comforted us. We thank you, O God, because you raised many of us up out of our sick beds. And to that we say thank you. O God, we thank you for watching over our children. O God, continue to protect their going out and coming in. Protect their fragile minds. O God, we thank you for our families. We thank you for our wives. We thank you for our husbands. We thank you for our fathers, mothers, sisters, and brothers. Those who have passed on are precious memories. And to that, O oh God, we say thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, for his finished work on Calvary. And we thank you for his shed blood, for the remission of our sins. You are an amazing God. And forgive us for taking you for granted. Oh God, we love you today. And we worship you, we praise you, and we glorify you. We ask all of this. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we do pray and give thanks. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we, we're just grateful for this day. And we thank God for the privilege to worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to invite your attention to a familiar passage of scripture found in Philippians chapter 3. And I want to look at verses 12 through 14.
This is what it says in Philippians 3, beginning of verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So ends the reading of God's Word. I want to talk this morning from the subject, Don't Stop, Press On. Don't Stop, Press On. On a chilly July 4th, 1952, Florence Chadwick, 34 years old, from San Diego, California, attempted to swim 26 miles from the Catalina Islands to the coast of California. It was a very cold and chilly day. In fact, the water was very choppy as she began her trek of 26 miles. After 15 hours, uh, she said something she had never said before. She requested that her trainer lift her up out of the boat. She had been swimming competitively since the age of 11 years old. And this is the first time she has ever said that. What made it so unique is that there was a great deal of fog on this particular day. The fog was so thick that Florence could hardly see the two boats, small boats, that cruised alongside of her as she was swimming. And one of the boats was her mother and trainer, encouraging her, Florence, you can do it. You don't have that much further to go. And the other small boat were men with rifles. And from time to time, they would discharge the rifles to chase away the sharks that would sometime approach Florence. Florence is lifted out of the boat, and it was discovered that she was only one mile away from her destination. When in the boat, she was asked, why did you stop? You were so close. It wasn't because I was tired. I was not suffering from fatigue. It wasn't the coldness of the water. My problem was that the fog was so thick that I could not see shore. She was close, but she didn't make it. And it occurred to me, as it has occurred to you, that every now and then we find ourselves in foggy conditions where we're not always able to see our way clear. 
If we could just get a better view or a better picture, we might keep going. But some of us have lived long enough to know now that it's best to keep going sometimes. Even when you feel tired, even when you feel like you can't make it, you sometimes, you've got to not stop, but keep pushing. You're closer than you think. Think of the reward that awaits us when we keep pushing. And let me be openly and honest with you. There are some times, beloved, when maybe quitting is the best thing. I wish I could say to you that you should never quit. Life is not always like that. Sometimes you need to say goodbye to something for a season and then go back. Oh, wait a minute now. Come on, don't act like that. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> But I'm not making light of this, but I'm trying to suggest, beloved, that sometimes we are so close to deliverance, sometimes we are so close to God doing a great thing that we abort the mission because we quit. And what Paul seems to be telling the church of Philippi is don't quit. It's going to be tough, yes, it's going to be difficult, but don't stop. Keep pushing. That's what he was trying to help them understand. They were about to face some difficult days ahead. Persecution and opposition they would be facing. And remember, he is now in a Roman prison. He is writing to them. And he is himself in chains. And this man in chains is telling them, don't stop. Push on. Press on. And I just wanted to drop that in your spirit because we're about ready to cross over. And uh, <laughs> we don't know what awaits us in 24. But you know what? You reach a season in life where it really doesn't matter what awaits you. Because when you know who you are and who you are, in Christ, all of the hellhounds may come after you, but I'm going to square my shoulders, lift my head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You've got to have a different posture as you begin to cross over into 24. I'm getting ahead of myself. See, that's what happens when I get excited. It just... What are some things that we can learn from Paul as he reminds us that we need to press on in verses 12 through 14. The first thing he wants us to, to realize is this. You must remain committed to following and growing in Christ if we're going to press on. Look at what he says. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. I love the way he's talking. He's not talking like someone who is giving up. He's not talking to someone like someone who is throwing into town. Tao, you almost get the impression that there's a bit of excitement here. He's saying, not that I have already attained. I haven't got there yet. I'm still in the process of becoming. 
And I had to say to myself, wait a minute, do you realize who is saying this? He's been in ministry for a number of years now. He's really had some up and down days. And he's saying, I have not attended. This is the same Paul who's traveled to, to, to Cyprus and, and to Derby and to Iconia and Lystra and started churches and preached all over the place. And he is saying, I have not attended. Guess what? We're in good company, Paul, because we have not attained as well. We too are in the process of becoming all that God desires us to be. Isn't it good to know if he can talk like that? That there's room for you and I, that we are still in the process of trying to look more and more like Him. Some days better than others, but He is my ministry model. His message is what I yearn for. He, he says, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, my goal is to know Christ. It's still before me. He's done a great work. And he's saying, I am far from where I desire to be in Christ. He says, I'm not, he says, he says, or am I perfected? That, that's a word that means uh, that this fruit, that it's not ripe. It's, it's, in the, it's not mature. And he's saying, I'm not mature yet. And I've done all of this. But my aim, my goal is higher ground, and I am not there yet. So, beloved, don't beat yourself up because you've not arrived at where you would like to be in Christ. Sanctification is a process. Each day, my aim is to look more like Him. He says, I'm... Perfected. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mature yet. I'm, I'm getting there. And it gets, it gets better. He says, but in spite of that, in spite of me not being where I'd like to be in Christ, he says, but, he's got a big old but, isn't it? He, he's saying, he's saying, but, conjunction, conjunction in mind, but, he's saying, but, I press on. That's a word for you, beloved, as we prepare to enter in to 24. But, I don't have it all together, but I'm still messing up, but I still have some hated habits and sins, but I haven't arrived yet, but I press on. Press on is an interesting word. It means to be in hot pursuit of. It's almost as if you're going to take it over. He said, I'm, I'm still reaching, straining for. I'm pressing on. Ah, ah, I'm running after. And I said to myself, wow, he, he's, he's talking like this, given his predicament. Which is to suggest your pressing on is not based upon your circumstance or what is happening in your life. Because see, when some of us start catching a little hell, the problem is we get into our corner, we get into a fetal position, we don't talk to nobody, we don't got nothing to say, nobody can... See, y'all must be the folks that don't act like that. I, I know some folks that carry on like that when things don't go right, but what Paul is saying, 
Don't let your surroundings, don't let what's happening to you take you out of character and pressing on. Tell it that, no, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but I'm pressing on. Talk back to him. Don't act like you're afraid. Remind him who you are in Christ. That I have some authority. I've got the Holy Spirit indwelling me. So yeah, I'm going to act bad. Yeah, I am. My dad is bad. He's got all power in his hands. And last I checked, you are a defeated foe. So get out of my way. I could use some expletives, but I know better than that. Um, but my, yeah, my point is, you want to make it clear. We should have some boldness by now. You've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Ah, what are some of the essentials for pressing on? Because see, I don't want to just tell you to press on and don't tell you what we need to do. That, that wouldn't be fair, would it? Of course not. I mean, so, so, so as we look at the idea of pressing on, consider this. We press on by laying aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Yeah, I, I need to get rid of some stuff. I need to say bye-bye to some stuff. The weight. You know what weight is? The, the weight has to do with things that uh, may not necessarily be sinful, but they're getting in the way of you being all you can be for Christ. Okay, um, here's one. Uh, fear. Fear. Yeah, you'd be much further along by now if you weren't as fearful. Well, say goodbye to fear in 24 and say, listen, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Begin to God talk. Stuff that seems to be slowing you down. Get rid of the weight. So sometimes it's time. How you handle the time, you're mishandling it. You're wasting a whole bunch of time with stuff that, your eyes seeing stuff that ain't productive and ain't doing nothing. Refocus how we spend our time. And sometimes it's just wasted time. It's stuff that, well, really doesn't matter that much. It's a weight. Not sinful, but it's getting in the way of us being all we can be for Christ. Lay aside some stuff. Tell it goodbye. We press on when we come to the church house. And I know I'm going to get a lot of folk angry and mad, but that's all right. I'm a messenger. I'm a paper boy. I'm just delivering. <laughs> you know, God blesses you with all kinds of time throughout the course of the week. And last I checked, you would faith fellowship for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours at tops. And he gives you all of this time throughout the course of the week. And you mean to tell me, as good as God has been, as good as God has blessed you beyond measure, you mean to tell me giving him an hour and a half or two hours on a Sunday, on the Lord's Day, is an inconvenience? Oh, but bro, you don't understand, I'm streaming now. Last I checked, it said nothing about streaming in the scriptures. In fact, he says, Hebrews, what? He says, uh, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as a, uh, 
Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as is the manner of some, but encourage exhorting one another. If your chest is, if your heart is pounding in your chest, I can at least give him some time. You pass 80 churches to get here. Find one. He didn't say to go all of them. Just find you one. And go there and give God praise. Remember now, we're talking about pressing on. Some of my believers, some folks think, well, you know, I don't really need all of that no more. You know, I can worship at home. No, you can't. You can, but you can't. Corporate worship is where that action is. This is where I get encouraged. When I look into those eyes and see your faces, when I embrace you, when we hold each other. That's what we need to be doing. Again, now I'm talking about pressing on. Now, if you're not interested in pressing on, then you do you. Ha! He gives us something called free will. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to do anything. So time out for sloppy church attendance. Giving how good God is. I know you're upset, but you'll get over. Take some Maylots. You'll be all right. We press on through the scriptures. Yeah, we do. Don't you know when you begin to memorize scripture, you are tethering yourself to God and his word. And don't you know the more connected I get to it, and I'm tethered to it, it has a transforming way about it. If you keep your face in this book long enough, it's amazing how it will begin to change you. All right, here's a challenge. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. Um, what if you handled your Bible like you handle your cell phone? Uh-huh, I got you now, don't I? Can't go nowhere. With, listen, I believe there's a feature on there. Help me if I'm wrong. That can let you know how many minutes you've been on your phone through the course of a week or a day. Is there something like that on your phones? Uh, you know where I'm going, don't you? What if your Bible reading time and meditation time began to equal <laughs> your phone time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, 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 what if you begin to devote as much time to the Word of God as I do with my phone? And now listen, phones are fine. Don't get me I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that the priority ought to be spending more time. Remember, I'm trying to press on. How are you going to press on and you're not living in the Word? And then you're wondering why nothing's working in your life. And why things are not working for you. Well, part of it is you're not fellowshipping with them enough. Make 24 a time when you refocus on what's important. We, we press on when we allow God to use us to win others to Christ. When was the last time you allowed God to use you to win someone to Christ? Now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not beating up, but see, folks get so tender, they're so soft. Can't say nothing. No. 
That's part of what we do, right? As believers, we share the gospel with others. Our aim is to be salt and light, to win and woo others. He works through us to help usher others into the kingdom. Through us. And maybe he's asking, have you won at least one soul to Christ over the past year? What are we doing? What if we doubled faith fellowship this time next year because each person won at least one soul to Christ? I mean, almost need no seat. Hard to get a seat here, huh? Remember now, I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward for Christ. I'm, I'm doing his bidding. I'm allowing him to use me. I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward. He says something else. He says, not only do I press on, but he says, he wants us to remember something else. He says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You must forget past failures and achievements. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. So, I need to remember to forget some stuff? Yeah, yeah, something like that. He, he would say, don't live with, hang on to, or embrace your failures. Yeah, you messed up, you sinned, your iniquity, your transgressions. Your iniquities, your bent, twisted, crooked, and perverted ways, your transgressions, facing, throwing your fist in God's face, open rebellion. He's saying, listen, you did it, confess it, repent, and move on. The weight is off. Why are you still carrying it? You don't have to. It's nothing but a trick of the enemy to have you think that you got to lug around and drag around in the 24 what you messed up with. No, 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 no. I confessed it. Bye. He's forgiven me. Bye. He said... Forgetting those things which are behind. Paul said, this one thing I do. I love that. He was a one thing person. <laughs> it's been said that the average person can do three or four things, maybe even five things pretty well. Here's the thing. Just find your one thing. That you can, your gift, your calling, your ability, whatever it is that you can use to advance the cause of Christ. If you teach, then teach. If you're on the praise team, then be on the praise team. He's not asking you to do everything. Find your one thing. And then do it to the glory of God. That He might be glorified. Your one thing. Not ten, not twelve. Just focus. Look at Second Corinthians 11 where he talks about spiritual gifts. Find out what your gifting is. And start using it for the edification, the building up of 
the local assembly. Now, I believe Paul forgot everything. He didn't believe how the Lord met him on the Damascus Road and delivered him. He didn't forget the Word of God. He didn't forget his mission and purpose. There were some things that he remembered. But as it relates to things that I messed up, my errors, my mistake, yes, learn, but move on. And that's what he's saying. Because you cannot press on carrying the past around. He said, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind. Say hello to some new practices in 24. Say hello to praying with and for your husband and wife. Ah, would our marriages look different if Husbands and wives said hello to praying together. In 24, say, to, say hello to some new things. Say, say hello to praying for each one of your children, like Job did. He gathered some children around and and, and he said, I'm praying for them just in case they sinned. What if we started in earnest praying for our children? And I'm talking about beyond just keep them safe, don't let no hurt, harm, and change, danger come before. No, no, no. So, sometimes you've got to be more specific. All right, all right. You have a strong-willed child. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and you see already where this is headed. Great promise and potential. And maybe my prayer is, Lord, it's a good child. But use that strong will to your glory. Somehow begin to tweak and turn his heart towards you. Get specific. Time out for general prayers. That's wonderful. But sometimes they live in a world where they need you to be specific. Lord, watch what goes before their eye gate and ear gates. It's got to be beyond just getting a job, a car, a house, and creature comforts. All of that's fine. Listen, he's going to provide that anyway. But I'm wondering about some character. Individuals with integrity who are going to one day, one day take your place when you are fold your tent and move upstairs. What are you leaving behind? Pray for our baby. So I'm saying, say hello. Your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. And you may be saying, well, preacher, I don't have no children. Seth is around here somewhere. He's got you. He's a youth pastor. He can give you names of some children. Yeah. He can give you the names of some children who need to be pushed by your prayers. These babies need some praying. You, you see what's happening? You know, and we act like, well, you know, I'm just getting all this Bible knowledge. Get it! But make it practical. If you know all that, then act like it. Brothers, men, we are the priests of our homes. 
We're the ones who's supposed to be teaching and leading our children into prayer. Not our wives, not our grandmothers. See, I know y'all don't. Listen, I don't. Listen, I'm just a messenger. I'm just a paper boy. I'm just delivering. What happens when men be the kind of men that God has ordained us to be? And we begin in earnest to pray for and say, hello, I'm praying for my child. I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my children. And baby, you can come along with me, but I'm going to be the one who leads it. Say, say hello to discipling some folk. You've been, you've been coming to church now for a long time, and you've got some Bible up in you. Don't you think that you should somehow be discipling somebody? You fat as a tick with all this information. All this, and that's good. But what good is it really if you're not doing anything with it other than just taking it in and there's no outlet? That's called the Dead Sea. Let me move, let me move. Um, say hello to getting into an organized Bible study at the church or a small group. I know you have good intentions. You know, it goes something like this. I'm really going to read my Bible. You know, for the first two days, three days, you're good. Chances are it don't work. Can we be honest? It's good intentions. But if you commit to a Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever day, when you get around fellow believers, it has a way of helping you be better and grow. You get develop relationships, friendships. You get a relationship with the Word of God and other believers. Hang around those folks who try going in the same direction you're going in. Um, I used to play basketball. God knows I did. And, 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 and I lived and breathed it. What I noticed looking back is that the folks I hung out with, they went to football players. They went to baseball players. They were the basketball players. You know why? Because we have something in common. We were trying to improve our game. We were trying to get better. And as a result, I got better simply because of the company that I was keeping. What I'm suggesting is you get better in the faith. You get stronger in the faith because of the company that you keep. You're doing Lone Ranger. Time out for Lone Ranger. At least he even had Tonto. He had somebody. You know, this, this kind of, you, 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 child, I'm, me and Jesus. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Even Jesus knew that fellowship and companionship was critical. Forget those things which are behind. Um, forget, forget your past accomplishments. You know, it's funny how we rest on things we used to do. I used to do this, and I used to do that. Well, guess what? The need is still there. So, yeah, you used to do that. Wasn't it a song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? I wonder if God say, okay, I done blessed you beyond measure. Good health, sound mind, job, money. Hmm. Good health at a church where they need five people to help feed on Thursday. Hmm. I wonder if you could be one of those people. 
See, it gets quiet now. Folks don't mind teaching me. Keep me going. But sometimes he wants more than just that. Teach me, but at the same time, make a practical. Serve me. Love me. Show me. Uh, let me move. Let me move. It's, it's, it's important. And, and oh, the clock. Oh, my goodness. 11.40. Okay. Um, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You must remember the goal is to see Jesus. That's, that's, that's the prize that I'm looking for. The goal is to see Christ. In Paul's day, the prize was a crown of garland or olive. And, and uh, you know, that was, in Athens, it was 500 coins and, and free food and front row seats at the theater. That, that's what you got when you won in Athens. But, but he wasn't talking about that. He's saying, I, I want, my prize is Jesus. I want to see his face. And therefore, I'm going to press on. And, you know, this thing about being in a race, because that's the picture that he paints for us. I say that this, this Christian race that we are in is very hard. I, I wish sometimes it were not quite as difficult as it is, beloved. But sometimes when we pursue Christ, when we're on the road to look more like him, it gets hard. We used to sing a song, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Let me tell you something. Some days with Jesus are tough. Some days with Jesus are very difficult. Acts says, through much tribulation we must enter the kingdom. He said, don't think it's no cakewalk. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be much tribulation to get to our destination. But... We can do hard. Okay. We can do hard because, number one, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, is inside of us. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You can do hard because we have a power base. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. We can do hard because we have Christ's example. We've seen him handle hard, so therefore we can handle hard. We can handle hard because we have the word, we have his precious promises. We can handle hard. We can handle hard because he's given us a body of fellow believers who can come alongside of us as we make our way toward him. We can do hard. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. We can do hard. And when you really find it difficult, when you look at chapter 4, he says, we can handle hard because he says, stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Don't waver. Persevere. Don't quit. 
We can handle hard because the scripture says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We can handle hard because it says be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ah. He's given us what we need that we might be able to handle hard and experience victory. Jesus knew how to handle hard, didn't he? I mean, he was hated. He was misunderstood. He was talked about, lied on. But he never quit. He pressed on. Even when they hung him high and stretched him wide, when the Father would have dispatched angels to come to his assistance, no, Jesus bared it all. They took him down off of that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb and he wouldn't need it too long. Because on the third day, Jesus Christ got up with all power in his hands. And if God can raise a dead Jesus, He can still help you handle hard and whatever else comes your way. He's given us what we need to be able to press on. Don't stop. Don't stop. Florence Chadwick, a month later, once again finds herself (laughs) in Catalina Islands. Once again, she's in the water an almost identical situation. Fog, choppy water, cold. But this time, Florence Chadwick did not quit. As a matter of fact, she made it to her destination, and she made better time this time than she did before. And she said, the reason I could press on is because I knew where the shore was. You know what destination we have in mind. And it is to be with Jesus, our Lord and our Savior for eternity. Isn't that good to know? (laughs) That if we just press on. Scripture says what? The race is not given to the strong or to the swift, but him that endures forever. And our aim is to endure until we see those nail-scarred hands and that, that were bruised for us and those feet with the nail prints in them that he died for us. That's why I press on because not only we're going to see him, but just because of who he is and what he's done and that he loves us with an everlasting love. And Father, we do rejoice. We thank you so much that we can have boldness, that we don't have to stop, but that we can press on. We want to see you one day. We're grateful that when we fold our tents and move upstairs, that we will see you face to face. What a joy it is to know that that's what awaits us. And because of that, Lord, we're not going to quit. We're going to press on. 
You pressed on for us. You died for us. That we might have a light right to the tree of life. And to that we are thankful. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we do pray and give thanks. And the people of God said amen. 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 Bless you.